You're listening to the Bible Said What podcast, hosted by Elizabeth Pitts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bible Said What podcast. My name is Elizabeth, and I'm your host today. If you'd like to get to know a little bit more about me, a little bit more about the podcast, be sure you go check out our social media at Bible Said What with underscores between the words. Well, today I have an amazing guest that I am so excited to introduce you to, and we are going to be talking about lukewarm seasons in our faith. Now, I came across this topic because as one does over Christmas break, I was surfing through YouTube, looking at all my favorite Christian YouTubers, and I noticed that all of their top videos were about lukewarm faith. And I realized that this is seasons that a lot of Christians go through. It is very common to feel like we are lukewarm in our faith, but there's not a lot of practical advice on how to get out of those seasons or how to recognize those seasons. And so the Lord just put Nellie on my page um, and I saw her amazing content and just some things that she does to provide people with this wisdom. And I decided to ask her to be on the podcast. So Nellie, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, my name is Nellie and I live in Nashville, Tennessee. And God recently put on my heart just the passion of sharing more about him, sharing how people can grow in their faith, and even starting some weekly challenges that I'll post every single week for people to add ways into their week that they can grow and grow closer to God. So my Instagram is at Janelle Morris underscore, and I just launched my YouTube channel with the same name. So check that out. Absolutely. The stuff that you post is just so encouraging. We called a little bit earlier in the week and just, you know, I was fangirling um, at the time. So, um, yeah, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. So whenever you started these challenges that you send out every week in your email list, those are things to help encourage Christians in their faith. And you posted a video talking about, you know, if you're this kind of Christian, this kind of Christian. And I feel like that resonated with a lot of people. So whenever you were thinking through starting these challenges in this process, what was the audience that you were looking for? Hmm. I think I was honestly looking for an audience that I resonated to, which is actually funny that we're talking about lukewarm faith of just people who are so stagnant in their faith walk and i think people can easily lose like that excitement lose that like wonder about god and giving applicable ways to add something into your week that pushes you closer to god other than going to church of course yeah absolutely that's awesome well yeah we could just go ahead and get started with these questions so In your words, what does it mean to be lukewarm? I think lukewarm, it is more of kind of what I was saying as just being stagnant in your faith. I think it can look like doing works to show that you're a Christian, doing works to like prove that you're a Christian to God, but it's missing that heart that is connected with God. Mm-hmm. It's missing that like depth of knowing God and loving God that it can almost look like works without any faith. Mm, absolutely. You get stuck in those in those motions. And I know that that is something super 
relatable because I always think of like when you go to church camp or you go to like a disciple now and you get on fire for Christ and you're like, this is going to change my life. And then two weeks later, you're exactly in the same place you were. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. one of those things where we have to have that consistency. And I pulled up a... uh, a a verse, a Bible verse, that is the root of where this term lukewarm comes from, because I think it's really important to know the root of the scripture behind this phrase whenever we're talking about it. And this phrase is Revelation 3, verse 16, and it says, So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have required wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich, and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. So this is talking about how whenever we're in these seasons of lukewarm faith, it's like you said, it's just this stagnant season. And the Lord has given us everything that we need to be Mm. on fire for him. But how do we get through to that? Yeah. Um, And also one thing that we talked about on our call is there's a big difference in being lukewarm and then just experiencing hills and valleys in Mm -hmm. our faith. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And it's actually so funny because I was praying about this and God totally gave me a revelation. Just that when you are lukewarm, you lose that intentionality with God. That lukewarm is about not having any intentionality. That it can be something that is a decision or it can be something that's just like passive of just losing that intentionality where in these valleys that you have, you can still be seeking God, right? You still have the choice to be intentional with God. You have the choice to choose to spend time with him. That like the heart of being lukewarm is the loss of intentionality in your relationship with God. That is huge. I actually had a very similar thought. Um, The thought that I wrote down is this term is used to describe a person who may know the Lord, but they're not stewarding that relationship with him. Mm. And that's exactly what you said. Yeah, there's that lack of intentionality. Um, And this reminds me of when the Lord says, depart from me, for I never knew you. And that doesn't mean that Mm. he was like unaware of that person's existence. You know what I mean? Like God is omniscient. Yeah. He created every single one of us. Right. Um, that word no has a deep connotation with a relationship mm-hmm. and a familiarity. Mm-hmm. And so that intentionality yeah. is key whenever we're pursuing that relationship with Christ. Um, but I'm going to flip to that verse real quick. While I'm flipping, do you have anything that you want to add? Yeah. I mean, I think that kind of along with my passion of starting these weekly challenges is there's two things. One is it's important to have established routines to have that connection with God. But at the same time, it's important not to lose sight and think that the routine is just something you're doing to check off the list. Yeah, absolutely. I have wrote down something about that as well, how there's completely a difference between like chasing after a religion and chasing after faith through a relationship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I like Absolutely. that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I found that verse that I was talking about. Um, and I, as we have talked about, I'm a religion student. I have been taking Greek. And so I love getting into like 
the hermeneutics and the roots of of the Greek words. Yes. I promise I'm not that smart. Like (laughs) everything is just of the Lord's power in me. Um, Mm. But we're going to get into a little bit of like the Greek root behind the word no in this verse. So Matthew 7 verse 15 says, let's see. Oh, I'm in Mark. That is the wrong book of the Bible. Wrong gospel that begins with do that all the time. I looked down and I was like, the worst, the worst time that's ever happened is I was teaching a spiritual gifts class and mm. I asked, uh, I asked a boy to read a scripture from like second, I think it was like second Timothy two or something like that. And he accidentally turned to first Timothy two, which is the part of scripture where it says that a woman shouldn't, shouldn't teach. And he read that out <laughs> and the entire class was like, um, and he was mortified. He felt terrible, but I thought it was quite funny that is rough oh my goodness it was brutal okay here we are matthew chapter 7 (laughs) matthew chapter 7 verse 15 says not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does my does the will of my father who is in in heaven many will say to me on the day lord lord did we not prophesy your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles then i will tell them plainly i never knew you away from me you evil doers now i'll be totally honest this was the verse in high school chapel that whenever i heard it for the first time i like broke down in tears because that's scary mm. because we mm-hmm. don't i mean at the end of the day we don't truly know uh, i mean we don't have the lord's the lord's mind the lord judgment but we do know whether or not we have a relationship with him. And so this mm. word, no, when it says, I never knew you, as I said, that's not a term of acknowledge, acknowledgement. That is from the Greek word, uh, gnosko, and the root word of that is egnon. And this means uh, to recognize. And so there is this underlying level of that intentionality and of that relationship. And so whenever we're thinking about, you know, we don't feel like we know God, obviously we know God, we know he exists, but there Mm -hmm. is a relationship factor that is missing in these lukewarm seasons. So now I want to get into more of like practical tips. Do you have anything that you want to add before we get into that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just thinking about how obviously when it comes to the love languages, there's multiple different ones, but I almost think about someone who continually like serves you, someone who continually gives you gifts, but they don't know you very well at all. How it like completely can take away the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it can take away. Yeah. It takes away the meaning if there's no depth in that relationship, like it's almost kind of fluff. Yeah, my roommate was actually talking to me about this for Christmas because we were talking about love languages and hers is definitely Mm -hmm. gift giving. But she's like, if I ask for flowers, don't just give me a a bunch of roses. You know what I mean? She's like, if Mm -hmm. you want to get me flowers, like get me my favorite flowers. You know, it's the thought that matters. And the uh, like what makes a gift truly special is, you know, the person's heart and, you know, oh, they're going to love it. You know, Mm -hmm. I love shopping for gifts. It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. But in the same way with God, how, like, if we don't know him and we are doing all these things, we are serving all the time. We're giving all of our money to him, but we don't have that depth of relationship with him. I think he receives it in the same way. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. I love that. Well, do you want to get us started off with your top tips for how to get out of a lukewarm season? Yeah, my first tip is definitely just taking a second to pause and having some self-evaluation because I think that's where it has to start. And I think it can be easy to like just shrug this off the shoulder and be like, yeah, I know God. Yeah, like I spend time with him. But to sit down and actually think, where is my heart at? What is motivating me? Do I just want to appear to be a Christian to other people? Do I want to appear to be a faithful servant because of everything that I do? Or do I actually have a desire to know God, a desire to serve him because of the love that I have for him, not because I want to get anything from him? Absolutely. Because the relationship that we have with the Lord, we one of the things I was talking about on another podcast is we were created for relationship and to worship him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And within that relationship, that is between us and the Lord. And that isn't because we're not supposed to praise our own image or we're not supposed to praise mm-hmm. the things of the world. And so, yeah, that is an awesome an awesome way. You got to check your heart. I think that's why before, you know, I grew up in a good old Baptist church, before we take communion, they say, examine your heart, because that is yeah. such a, a reminder of the covenant that Jesus died for you to bring you back into that relationship. And so if we mm-hmm. want to deepen that relationship, first, we have to know, like, like where we stand. That was actually yeah. my first one, too, is first acknowledge oh, really? that you are lukewarm <laughs> and follow the convictions of the Holy Spirit with that. Um, because whenever you're in a lukewarm season, it might be difficult to acknowledge the fact that you're in a lukewarm season. Like, yeah, that's a hard pill to swallow, you know, because mm-hmm. it literally says in Revelation, I will spit you out of my mouth. No one wants to admit that we are in that state. Right. And so it takes this humility. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, we yeah. have the same first one. So <laughs> you want to give a second one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, mine is kind of similar, but it just comes to prayer and asking God for surrendered heart to him, asking God kind of what you were saying, give me a heart of humility and help me to see what you are wanting from me. Help me to see what you are saying to me and like taking that time to sit with God and listen. Listening is such a lost skill, just Mm -hmm. in general. And especially when it comes to our prayer lives, I have my prayer journal and I'll just ramble, man, about everything about the salad I ate for lunch. And Uh there's such a virtue of silence and resting and dwelling with the Lord. That's why he gave us the Sabbath is is a space to come and just rest and be still in his presence. And that's whenever he's going to be able to speak. And I think with that is I've had to learn that God doesn't always speak when I want him to. That is so true. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yes. I will sit down and be like, Lord, I'm listening to you. And then it's been five minutes and I'm like, but I have some other things to do. Like, where, where, like, this is a conversation. Yeah. 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 And then how God sometimes doesn't even answer until it's like the end of the day. And I'm like, oh, you waited this whole time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that's such a blessing that his timing is not our timing. Because if I had mm-hmm. everything that I wanted right now, I feel like I would be a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's also one of those things where I look back and if high school me could see college me now, I think she'd be terrified. 
in my past because <laughs> like she'd be like what happened to the original plot yeah. of the movie but right. god's plan <laughs> was so much better than anything mm -hmm. that i could have ever planned i was headed into destruction and yeah. the lord completely oh, yeah, just same. rescued me from that yeah i was even just talking to a friend about how we need to thank god for the prayers that he doesn't answer I feel yes. like mostly when I think about that, I think about relationships like in high school when I thought I was going to get married to some random person. Girl, <laughs> like, thank the same. Lord. <laughs> same. Yes. But just like confirming that his plan is always better than anything that we could imagine. Yeah. I'm so it grateful for that. It goes beyond anything. Anything we could ever ask or imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, he is so good. My second one is also pretty similar. I said, position yourself in a position of worship and submission to the Lord. And so that definitely mm. goes along with that, uh, that theme of humility. Personally, one of like my Achilles heel is that I get stuck in my pride so easily Yeah, because I, I mean, you are too very creative people. Mm -hmm. And when we create and we produce something that we're proud of, if that glory doesn't immediately go to God, it goes to us. And yeah. so it is such an easy process. And so I, I constantly have to keep myself in check of humbling myself before the Lord. And sometimes for me, just kind of a physical, practical thing that I do is I will like physically get on my knees and I'll, and to, and when I'm praying or worshiping to the Lord, you know, opening my hands as I worship, um, and just being in a physical position of humility before the Lord. And so that helps yeah. my brain kind of get the concept <laughs> that like, this mm -hmm. is not about me. And whenever we rest in that humility, in that space of the Lord's presence, like you said, we're able to hear him more clearly, but also it realigns our intentionality back into our proper position in relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like mm -hmm. that a lot. It's kind of like in that verse um, in Revelation 3, it talks about being refined and being made, I think it says gold. Yeah, it talks about gold. And how that process of having a humble heart and that process of correction and discipline by the Lord is a great thing, that it makes us more and more like Him, that it refines us so that we are like gold. I like that word that you used, discipline. Because when you're in a lukewarm season, that's that's one of the key elements that you need after humility mm -hmm. and acknowledging is you need the discipline to get back into that intentionality with the Lord. And mm -hmm. similar to gold, I heard an illustration one time about how a mirror is made and like or like how a mirror is made back in the old days. You know, we have technology mm -hmm. now. But what silversmiths would do back in the olden times is they would boil uh, this silver and steel and basically reflective metal. And when they would boil it at first, obviously you couldn't see anything in it. But as it would boil, these impurities would come to the top of the pot and they would scrape off the impurities. And they would boil, scrape off the impurities mm -hmm. until they had this reflective surface. And that's mm. how our faith is, is we yeah, have to be, we have good. to be refined and boiled and it might be uncomfortable and it might be, uh, you know, we may be, you know, going in blind faith at sometimes, mm -hmm. but we have to trust that our father is refining us. So we're able to better reflect him. Yeah. And it's hard to look at that, that refinement as something that's good, as something to count it all joy in. <laughs> 
yeah. word says. Yes, but absolutely. it's funny that. Um, well, what you were talking about relates to my next tip for being. This is like form. a waterfall; it's just flowing yeah. into one another. I love it. <laughs> but it's that discipline of actually spending time with God and getting to know who He is, getting to know what He says about you and what He believes about you, and just filling yourself with that truth. Giving yourself a foundation to stand mm-hmm. on, because when when we're in the lukewarm seasons, in my in my brain, lukewarm seasons are rooted in pride, and so mm. we are our own foundation. And when we are our own God and our own foundation, that's going to completely crumble. That's not going to yeah. go anywhere. And so, yeah, you do have to to know the Lord and put on the armor of God, and so you're mm-hmm. able to then step forward into this new season of life that you've been given. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I came across the realization this past week of that you don't know yourself until you know truth. So true. Yeah. That if you don't know what God says about you, if you don't know what the truth of the Bible says, how can you really know who you are? Because we're created in his image. Yeah, absolutely. One of my professors was telling us about how the words image and likeness, the Hebrew words of those... It's like, it's, I don't, I'm probably going to butcher this pronunciation, Selem and Demuth, Demuth. And basically those words mean a reflection and a fragment. And that's what we are. We are a reflection and a fragment of the Lord created in his image and likeness. And so how can we know the created when we don't know the creator? It's one of those yeah. things like, how can we show true love if we don't know true love? Because that's what God mm-hmm. is. Um, yeah. And so that's, yeah, like that's that. exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think we. Sorry, were you about to say something? No, no, no. You go ahead. You go ahead. Um, I think, in at least in my experience, on my lukewarm times, yes, it was rooted in pride, but yes, it was just rooted in trying to do things on my own and yeah. not seeing how God sees me. In living out that way, resulted in this lukewarmness where I needed to prove myself to other mm-hmm. people not knowing how worthy I already am because of how God sees me. Oh, that's so good. When we don't get our worth from God, we get it from others. We get it from broken, fallen people or other things. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so true. And that's a vicious cycle too. Yeah. Like I, I like to call myself a recovering people pleaser um, <laughs> because for so long, oh my goodness. Like, hello, my name's Elizabeth. I'm a recovering people pleaser. Because for so long, I would find so much value in the things that I produced and the things that, you know, I was. I'm sure you seem like the personality. Like whenever I was in high school, were you involved in everything and anything and everything? Literally everything. Yep. <laughs> yes, me too. And that was where I got my value was, all right, I am president of student government. I am, you know, dating the right people. I'm doing all the right things. And it just led to more and more stress and just pressure. Yeah. So absolutely. That is such a good tip is we have to find our value in the Lord. Do you have anything that you want to add before I go into my next one? Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. And my next one also kind of goes along with knowing God and letting God know us. Love it. Is whenever I know this is, it's almost like he planned this out or something. Right? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> 
But the next one that I have is whenever we are in these lukewarm seasons, if we're being convicted of something, that means that we probably have some sins and some brokenness that we're facing. And Mm. with sin, there always comes that shame and conviction because we're not supposed to love our sin, which is such a blessing. And so Mm -hmm. my tip is let God clean your junk drawers. And what I mean by that is everyone has that one drawer or that one closet that is just the everything drawer that has Mm -hmm. become so cluttered and you're kind of scared to reach in it because you know there's a blade in there somewhere and you know like a scissors or something and you don't want to you don't want to touch it but and that's how that's how we are with our sin is we have you know all of this junk that we don't want other people to see and sometimes we act like the lord isn't completely omniscient and knows about it anyway and he 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 sees it he's just waiting for us to give it to him so like like we were talking about so he can refine us from that and so we can reflect Mm -hmm. him more and so that's my third tip is if you're feeling convicted about being in a season of lukewarm faith Open your heart to God completely. He He knows that you're a sinner anyway. He's just waiting for you to come home and waiting for you to give him that. Um, and so wow. repent of those sins. Show him those things and just have that heart posture of humility so he's able to then get in there and work. Mm-hmm. And that is a way that God can shape us into being the best version of us. And I think it's so good cleaning out that junk drawer is actually what allows us to encourage other people to do that as well. Absolutely. That's why testimonies are so powerful mm-hmm. is because other people can say like, oh, you had you had a ruler in your junk drawer? I had a ruler in my junk drawer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I had that too. Yeah, seeing what God can do for you inspires someone else to be like, oh, God can do the same thing in my life if he's radically changed hers. Absolutely. And another thing with testimonies is no one can tell you, like, hear me out. No one can tell you that you're wrong about your testimony. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, no one can say, no, that didn't happen. Like, they can, right. but there's no way that, like, you're like, no, that's that's the evidence of what God's done in my life. And you can see the before and after. And so mm-hmm. that's why I think it is so important and so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do you want to well, go on I to... Have- your next one? Yeah, this is the last tip of mine that I have. But it is kind of more about prayer, but it's looking for the future and asking God, what do you have for me and what do you want to do with my life? And God will answer that prayer every single time because he wants to use you to reach more people. He wants to use you to grow closer to him. He wants to use you to become more like him. And when you finally, yes, have the surrendered heart, have the humble heart, but like moving forward, how can I live out my life in a way that glorifies you? And that's a prayer that, like you said, pleases God's heart. Because God Mm -hmm. is for us. In Romans, he says that, you know, if I am for you, who can be against you? And we are vessels for him. And so like you're saying, whenever we do pray that prayer, God is always going to be faithful to return our faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's so much hope in that because whenever we're in lukewarm seasons or whenever we're caught in this cycle of sin, it can feel like, oh, I'm not worthy of that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not worthy of God's plan for my life. Or I went through a phase where I thought I had disqualified myself from God's plan for mm-hmm. my life. I had accepted a call into ministry. And then, of course, whenever you're doing well with the Lord, the enemy's going to try to trip you up. And I fell for it face plant so 
hard. <laughs> and I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm knocked out. And God was like, no, you're not. Because Satan may be able to, to trip you up, but I have like condemned Satan for eternity, and which is so right. much more powerful. And he can redeem anything, absolutely mm -hmm. anything. Yeah, I have two more, but one of them we've already talked about a little bit, so that worked out well. Mm -hmm. My other one kind of goes a little bit into that, but before I get into that, do you have anything you want to add to your last tip? Mm -hmm. Okay, my other one is understanding the balance of God's love, mercy, and justice, because mm -hmm. we can't be afraid to go and let God clean out those junk drawers and let Him use us. And so I think whenever we are, you know, feeling convicted about coming back into the Lord's presence after being gone, you know, kind of like the prodigal son, we can be yeah. hesitant because we don't feel worthy or we don't feel or we feel like God's judging us in a way that, you know, we've seen people judge because sometimes we tend to portray or project what we see onto yeah, God's yeah. character. But that's not because people are broken. We are not always going to mm -hmm. accurately represent God, unfortunately myself included. But whenever we look at scripture and seeing how God's justice is rooted in truth, in love, and mercy, it's not rooted mm. in human judgment of anger and pride and jealousy, completely yeah. changes the narrative. Um, I have Ecclesiastes twelve fourteen pulled up, which says God will bring every deed into judgment, both good and evil. And so that's saying God is the su supreme righteous judge. But Romans 2, 4 also says that God's judgment is righteous, sovereign, and rooted in mm. forbearance, patience, and a kindness that is intended to draw us to him. And that is yeah. the key when understanding God's judgment is God's judgment is intended to bring us to him, not to mm -hmm. condemn us and push us away. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. And even bringing up the story of the prodigal son, how when you are returning to God, when you go to God with that surrendered heart, God runs out to greet you with a hug, with a warm hug. It's not that God's like, it's about time. It's about right. time. Ten minutes past <laughs> you know, God's curfew. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But God's like, welcome back. Like, I'm so happy you're here. We're his, we're his children. He is always going mm -hmm. to rejoice whenever we come in, back into his presence after being yeah. gone. Yeah. And throw a party at that. Yes, exactly. And celebrate. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm one of those. This is a little bit off topic, but I'm a baptism crier. Do you know what I mean? Like whenever, <laughs> it doesn't matter if I know them or not. Whenever I see someone yeah. get baptized, I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like that's a reflection of, of what's happening in heaven. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what you've done in the past. Whenever we're renewed there is a celebration going on because that person went from death to life yeah and, and a big thing is uh our walk our christian walk is not linear like we are always in this process of sanctification but we also live in a world of brokenness and we're called to be mm -hmm. in this world and not of it however we are always going to mess up but the good thing is we have jesus interceding on our behalf and we have the holy spirit mm -hmm. in our heart guiding us and a Heavenly Father who loves us so much that He gave us both. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I love that you included this justice that God has, that He is holy, that He is set apart, that He is, like, just and correct. And He does have that, like, firmness of justice, but it's rooted in love and comfort. Absolutely like that father and the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
the last one that I have, we kind of already talked about, but it's arming yourself with scripture as a guard mm -hmm. for future trials in future seasons. Yeah. Um, also, so you don't so you don't burn out, because going back to what we talked about at the very beginning, our relationship with Christ is not a series of having these on fire moments and then, oh, where'd God go on fire moments? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I'm alone again. God is always there. God is always consistent. We are the ones who are inconsistent. And so mm. instead, and I feel like lukewarm seasons, you can get in those when you're chasing a feeling or you're chasing, you know, like you said, these, these steps, like you have to check, check off, check off the boxes. And so you're chasing the practices of a religion and not a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And so that's what kind of stunts our consistency. Um, but our faith is strengthened when we're in those moments of questioning, of wondering, you know, is, you know, where's the Lord? I don't hear him answering my prayers. It's been two hours and I don't have my future husband yet. You know what I mean? Those kinds mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. But that's where faith has the opportunity to grow because those are yeah. the moments where we have to completely depend on the Lord. Yeah. I feel like for me, that is when my faith has grown the most. Um, not to dive into this whole story, but whenever I was totally on fire for God and God totally changed my life, he put it on my heart to plan this worship night at my high school. And it was like roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, but God was faithful to the end and allowed everything to work out. But it was through that journey being so difficult that it made me trust God more. And it gave me that confidence that God will come through Versus if everything just worked out so easily, I'd be like, yeah, God can do it. But having yeah. those challenges actually helped me so much more. So like, I'm reading a book right now called The Knowledge of the Holy, and it talks about that exact thing. How those, those are the times whenever we do grow and when we're strengthened. It's like whenever you're working out, you're only going to grow if that weight is getting heavier and heavier. Yeah. Not saying that the Lord makes things heavier and heavier. However, we have to stay consistent with our faith during those trials and when it does get hard. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have and anything kind of else that you want to add? Yeah. Along with what you're saying about knowing the Bible and knowing scripture, I think having these data points, you can read in the Bible how God was so faithful, how God split the Red Sea, how God fed the 5,000, how God did all these things. Like it builds that knowledge and confidence of who God is and what he can do. And then having the additional evidence of what God has done in your life to know that that isn't something that just happened in the Bible. Knowing the Bible is important to know who God is and seeing him encounter you and the ways that he's moved in your life. Having both of those, that foundation set. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, God is the same yesterday, today, and always. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I would always get onto the Israelites like in my head because I'd be like, you literally saw the Lord split the ocean in half. It appeared to mm -hmm. you as a pillar of fire. Like, how could you doubt that? But we do the yeah. exact same things. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, sure it's do. so convicting too. Mm -hmm. I was reading through Exodus early earlier this year, and I feel like I referenced all the stories in Exodus all the time because they saw God move in so many ways. Miraculous and like, ways. Yeah. Really? How can you just like turn your back the next day and you're like, God has forsaken us. God doesn't care about us. Right. He's like, here's manna from heaven. And they're like, you don't love us anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. Exactly. They're like, can we get some, can we get some birds? He's like, here's some quail. And they're like, okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool. I think we're about to wrap up. Do you have anything else that you want to add or tag on to this conversation? I think if you are listening to this and you feel like you are described as this lukewarm person that like we said earlier, God would love to spend time with you. God loves every time that you talk to him, that he's not waiting and disappointed in you for everything that has happened before, but there's so much joy and celebration and excitement for you to return to him. Yeah, there's that anticipation. I would Mm -hmm. say the exact same thing. If I could go back and tell myself, you know, in my lukewarm season, I would say just sprint, just go run towards the Lord because he, Mm -hmm. he runs to us like that, that father and the prodigal son. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, you know, spending, spending your time with us today. So we really appreciate it. And, um, sorry, one quick thing just to add, go for it, go for it. (laughs) Just that the reminder of back in the prodigal son, how that man was sleeping with the pigs, but the reminder that God can take you dirty. God can take you if you're covered in mud, if you're smelly, like God can take all of that. You don't have to show up perfect before you come back to him. That he's the one who cleans you. Yes. He wants you as you are, so he can clean you mm-hmm. up, purify you. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. This has been yeah, just the most fruitful conversation. You're so welcome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So if you have listened to this conversation and become obsessed with Nellie, like I am, definitely go follow <laughs> her. She has amazing tips, amazing encouragement on her page. And yes, yeah, she is just such an amazing Uh, force for the Lord. So, all right, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in.